We're coming up on Samhain now. That is the European pagan name for what has more or less morphed into Halloween. And we're coming up on Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. Both of these traditions have their roots in ancient cultures that would later be overtaken by Christianity, more mostly. And both traditions, though, retain their pre-Christian imagination and pre-Christian values. Both Samhain and Dia de los Muertos include rituals of lighting candles and preparing special foods to connect with deceased loved ones in the spirit world. Our desire to connect with the spirit world is part of who and what we humans are. Writer and modern witch Brie Luna, who's also known as the Hood Witch, says, we know deep down that the realm of the spirit is not supernatural. It's the most natural thing there is. And we are yearning to bring that part of our spirit back to us. So we're gonna take a closer look at that today. Before we go there though, I wanna hold space for the fact that some of us are experiencing acute grief right now. Some of us are experiencing grief over a recent death. It's been particularly painful to lose loved ones in the last 18 months when of course our rituals around grief and our ability to gather have been so disrupted. As we prepared to return to our sanctuary for the 11 o'clock service last month, I also experienced quite a lot of grief. At least two dozen members of our congregation have died while our physical sanctuary was closed. And some of them like Alicia, Janelle, Larry, Linda, PJ and others were regular attenders. And I feel their absence in that room as I'll bet some other members of our church do too. We didn't know we wouldn't see them again in that space. If you are grieving, I hope today's message brings you some measure of comfort. The Covenant of UU Pagans, our congregation's pagan group has created this altar in the back of the sanctuary for remembering loved ones who have died of any cause since the beginning of 2020. And you're invited to add names to it. And if you're not able to visit the sanctuary in person, but you'd like me to add your loved one's name to the altar, just send me an email with their name anytime this month and I would be glad to do that for you. That same pagan group is also hosting a Samhain ritual on Zoom on Saturday, October 30th, and all are invited to join them to honor ancestors and others who've died. There was some information about that in this week's uh, weekly email newsletter, the eBroadsheet. But if you missed that, you can contact the church office and we'll still get that information to you, give you the contact for that group. Our pagan group holds beautiful services, by the way. If you've been thinking about trying it out, but you haven't visited one yet, I recommend it because they are a treasure at First Unitarian. We also have a couple more rituals of remembrance coming up that I want to share with you. On Sunday, November 7th, both this Zoom service and the in-person service will include a candle lighting ritual for remembering our beloved dead, no matter how long it's been since they died. If you'll attend on Zoom, just have an extra candle handy that day. And you can even make a little bit more of an altar out of it if you like. This is one I did this last week on my grandmother's birthday. She would have been 96. For my little altar, I nestled a tea light in a circle of coffee because she loved coffee and sugar for her love. 
and salt because she was a hardworking salt of the earth kind of person. So you could do something like that too. And then finally, also on November 7th, we're gonna hold our annual Memorial Wall Ceremony in Memorial Garden on the church campus. And this is when we remember you use whose names are on our Memorial Wall, many of whose ashes are also contained within the wall, which is a cinerarium. So we'll be wearing masks for this simple ritual, which includes music and prayer. We are holding lots of space for grief and remembering this season. But what do you use believe happens after we die? Or as one of you put it in the survey we sent out a few weeks ago, quote, the big question about spirits disembodied is their ontological status. In other words, where or how do they exist? Are they part of the mind of the experiencer or do they actually have their own independent existence? What a rich question. And to that, I would add, or are those two things quite as different as we imagine? What does it mean to exist? I mean, in terms of mass, a human being is about half water. On a cellular level, we are biomes that contain more non-human cells than human ones. About 90% of the cells in the human body are not human. It's just that the human ones are larger. So that's what we see. And on an atomic level, we're made up of space and energy. So what does it mean to be a person and to exist or not exist. Well, since Unitarian Universalism does not have metaphysical doctrines, there's no specific church teaching about life after death, at least not about the logistics of life after death. UUs bring lots of different understandings to this. And I love that about us. And I've said before, sometimes non-UUs wonder how on earth it works to have so many different beliefs in one congregation, but I say it works great. There's just so much richness in our diversity. And that's why I wanted to hear from you this month. So I created a survey. And by the time I checked, I downloaded the data at the end of last week on Friday, about 113 people had responded. I saw that a few more trickled in after that, but not really enough to change the overall balance. So here's what you had to say. The first question was, do you believe the souls slash spirits of humans continue after death? And you can see in this slide, 46.9% said yes, 26.5, not too sure, and 26.5, no, don't believe in that. The next question was, do you believe that we can communicate with the dead. So here, 43.4% of you said, no, we don't think that can happen. 31.9%, maybe, not sure. And 24.8%, about a quarter, yes, we can communicate with the dead. The third question, do you believe the dead involve themselves with the events of our lives? 51.3%, no. They're not involved. 27.4, maybe, not sure. And about 21.2%, a little over one in five, yes, they involve themselves in our lives. And fourth, I asked, regardless of your answers to the above, have you personally ever received a sign from someone who died or saw the dead in some spiritual form, such as an animal, 
object or apparition? I asked the question this way because as one person explained, quote, I'm not really sure I believe in this sort of thing, but I have experienced it. I totally get that. <laughs> so in terms of receiving a sign or seeing the dead in some spiritual form, 46% said no, they have not experienced that. 17.7% said maybe they had. And 36.3% said yes, which is noticeably higher than uh, some of the earlier answers about believing in these things. So I find that very interesting. <laughs> All right. And then the last two questions in the survey were, do you want to tell us about it? And is there anything else you'd like to share about spirits or communicating with them? So this part was a survey of stories and they are so interesting, beautiful, and mysterious. A parent whose son died wrote that they often receive signs from him, that they send him love and feel his love coming back to them. Another, by the way, I did say in the survey that we, I would share some answers without the identifying details. So these folks know I was gonna share a little bit. Another person after witnessing their aunt who was near death have a seemingly robust conversation with an older relative who had already died. This person says, I've always wondered about that conversation. Perhaps my aunt's great aunt came to ease her over into the great beyond. After hearing the voice of a recently deceased friend speak into her ear, another person wrote, there was no one near me and this was something he totally would have said. And I believe that it was him. He was a strong believer in ghosts. And I have wondered if believing influences us after death. Like because he believed in ghosts, he was able to communicate before he moved on. A hospice worker who responded to the survey shared that they have, quote, received testimony from multiple patients over their 25 year career of a transitional person welcoming them into the afterworld as they prepare to die. Many appearances up and to the left of the patient lying in bed. Also, multiple patients have confessed identifying some kind of vehicle that will transport them into the afterworld, cars, trucks. One patient didn't die until she had money in her hand. Some needed their purse or wallet. One patient said that a car with deceased family members slowed down for her, but wouldn't let her into the car. And we spent, this is continuing the quote here, we spent a visit examining this event and it helped her prepare for death and the day the car would stop for her. Quote, I also spent many bereavement sessions listening to events that grieving family members experienced centered on visitations from their deceased loved ones, a butterfly, a scent, a change in room temperature, Moved physical objects such as slippers are some examples, end quote. The hospice worker went on to share that some people were comfortable with those experiences and spoke of them as though they were just everyday things while others found them very, very surprising and confusing. Others told stories in the survey about feeling a deceased loved one's presence or hearing a deceased loved one call their name sensing a smell associated with them or being visited by the loved one in a dream or a meditative state. Sometimes a dream might feel just like that, like a dream, while other times the sense of being visited in one is so real, it seems undeniable. One person wrote about a dream visit from their deceased father saying, quote, 
When we said I love you and hugged in the dream, energy and light coursed through my body in reality. I woke up very scared and wondered what the heck had happened. Others expressed uncertainty about their experiences of deceased loved ones, but acknowledged the comfort in it. Quote, even if it's not real, sometimes imagining I've seen a hello from someone I've lost provides me with comfort and meaning, one person said. And another wrote, after my mom passed, she appeared to me in a dream. My sister swears that it was my mom trying to tell me she's happy where she is. I think it was just my brain conjuring comforting memories but I hope my sister is the one who is right. And though there were many such stories and one person even said they had received more communications from the other side than they cared to admit, this isn't always the case. One person wrote, I'm still waiting. And another spoke of feeling disappointed that although one parent visited them after their death, the other parent did not. And obviously many of us have not experienced any such thing. And don't expect to. There's a reading that I've included in memorial services from time to time, which I've included that reading when it seems like a good fit for the person who we are remembering. It was written by the journalist Aaron Freeman from a physicist's perspective. And I think in its very scientific way, it speaks to our need to understand what happens and to stay connected. And it, this reading can bring together, I think, what seem like divergent interpretations of existence after death. So I've asked Matt to share it with us this morning. Matt? You want a physicist to speak at your funeral. You want the physicist to talk to your grieving family about the conservation of energy so that they will understand that your energy has not died. You want the physicist to remind your sobbing mother about the first law of thermodynamics, that no energy gets created in the universe and none is destroyed. You want your mother to know that all your energy, every vibration, every BTU of heat, Every wave of every particle that was her beloved child remains with her in this world. You want the physicist to tell your weeping father that amid the energies of the cosmos, you gave as good as you got. And at one point, you'd hope that the physicist would step down from the pulpit and walk to your broken-hearted spouse there in the pew and tell them that all the photons that ever bounced off your face all the particles whose paths were interrupted by your smile, by the touch of your hair, hundreds of trillions of particles have raced off like children, their ways forever changed by you. And as your widow rocks in the arms of a loving family, may the physicist let them know that all the photons that bounced from you were gathered in the particle detectors that are their eyes that those photons created within their constellations of electromagnetically charged neurons whose energy will go on forever. And the physicists will remind the congregation of how much all of our energy is given off as heat. There may be a few fanning themselves with their programs as they say it, and they will tell them that their warmth that flowed through you in life is still here, still part of all that we are 
even as we who mourn continue the heat of our own lives. And you'll want the physicists to explain to those who loved you that they need not have faith. Indeed, they should not have faith. Let them know that they can measure, that scientists have measured precisely the conservation of energy and found it accurate, verifiable, and consistent across space and time. You can hope your family will examine the evidence and satisfy themselves that the science is sound and that they'll be comforted to know that your energy is still around. According to the law of the conservation of energy, not a bit of you is gone. You're just less orderly. Amen. Thank you, Matt. I did run this reading by an actual physicist from our congregation, by the way, and he affirmed that it sounds about right. Nothing is created, nothing is destroyed. All is one. We are just ordered, disordered, and reordered from the stuff of the cosmos. Last weekend, we held yet another memorial service under the big cottonwood in the courtyard. We never used to do that really before COVID, but I think it's one of the gifts of this time. That courtyard is as sacred a space as our sanctuary. Some of you might think it is even more so with the big sky stretched out above and our feet right there on the ground and that tree, that giant cottonwood, which has witnessed the whole life of this church spread out in between. In that service, I read an excerpt from a poem by May Sarton that goes, what has once been so, what was, sorry, what has been once so interwoven cannot be raveled nor the gift ungiven. Now the dead move through all of us still glowing, mother and child, lover and lover mated, are wound and bound together and in flowing. What has been plated cannot be unplated. Only the strands grow richer with each loss and memory makes kings and queens of us. Plated means braided or interwoven. Now the dead move through all of us still glowing. What has been plated cannot be unplated. If all is one and the dead move through us all still glowing, then it makes perfect sense to me that we can still connect with them on some level. And since there's so much that remains beyond our understanding, I encourage you to trust in your intuition and in what resonates with you. We can and should draw on science and on the traditions of our ancestors in our search for meaning. Yet our way of connecting with those who have died may still be different from someone else's, just as your particular spiritual path is unique to you. So light a candle, make some food, sing a song, go to a special place or spend some time in nature, dream, meditate, or just be with your memories and your beloveds. For however else the universe works, it is certainly also true that in the words of one of your fellow UUs, quote, it is our love for the dead and memories of them that live on 
The spirit of their impact remains with us as long as we allow it. I keep these people alive in my soul, and I hope someday somebody will keep me alive in their soul. The power of love is as strong as we make it. Blessed be.